You as a unique individual human being are the fruit of your biological parents. You are the fruit of their loins. That's the fruit that's, that you are on a basic physical level. You are not just your physical self, but you're also the unique set of experiences that you have been through in your life. Hello and welcome to the Love Key Church podcast, where we share our church's message of the week. My name is Heinz Winkler, and together with my wife, children, and our leadership team, we host Love Key Church here in Somerset West, online, and on this podcast. It is our mission to help you to encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life, and help others to do the same. We trust that you will find this message empowering, encouraging, and inspiring. Please share it with your friends and family and write a review for us. And a huge thank you goes out to those who have already done so. May you be thoroughly blessed as you listen to this message. So today I want to start by first looking back on this year. How many of you know this has been quite a a full year, quite a busy year? I think most of you would probably agree with me that after we were all locked up in our homes for basically two years, it was like when we were left outside, people went crazy and they wanted to catch up with everything. And uh, so it's just this year felt so busy. Did it feel busy for anyone else? Busy, a bit overwhelming. Does anyone feel tired, a little emotionally, physically tired? All right. Thank God we have Jesus who supernaturally can strengthen us in these times. Um, But I wanted to look back, and and the reason for that is to just remind us of what God has done and is doing in our midst, and to say, thank you, Jesus. And also, because I think many times in, in our sort of Western Christian culture, we can fall in the trap of thinking, but I've heard that now, now I'm done with that subject. Or I've heard it Let's move on to the next thing. But what we need to know is that every truth of the Word of God is a very important, life-changing building block and foundation to our lives. It all is important all the time. When God highlights something, we, we take that and we make it a part of our spiritual growth. We don't now forget about it and next week we take the next thing. But we kind of do that So I want to say to us today, let's not be the church that only looks forward to the next message. Let's be the church that listens, take it seriously, and start to apply it to our lives. It is well known. Yes. Thank you. There's a well-known story about Billy Graham, that he preached the same message for seven weeks in a row at a church. And after seven weeks... The, the sort of leaders that started, they, they were kind of like going, okay, we need to talk to him because this is weird. And they said to him, excuse me, Billy, you know that you've been preaching the same sermon for seven weeks. And then he said to them, if you start doing what I'm preaching, I will change the message. I have felt like that many times. <laughs> Imagine today is I I number all our services. Today is number 160, service number 160. The first service of 2023 was service 108. That's exactly 52 Sundays. 
which is kind of cool. Um, and in other words, we as a church have been exposed to 52 words from God this year. 52. That's not counting the 108 others if you've been here from the beginning or at least a year or two. Now, I want you to imagine, just for a moment, if you just took the 52 of this year, believed them, applied them, and lived them out, how would your life look? How would the Helderberg look? How many of you have applied all 52 completely? You see, this, this, is, this is a bit of a challenge. Because we come here expecting something new every week, but we haven't actually applied that which God has done. So I want to challenge you, slash encourage you, to be reminded of what you've learned already and go back to your notes, go back to the podcast, go back to the messages. There's a reason why I remind us every week to do that. It's not because I want to get more listens. It's because I want you to really get this and get it down into your spirit being so that it's part of who you are. Amen? All right? So we started the year, as I said, on the 1st of January, and the word for 2023 was radiance, is the word radiance. And we spoke about the light of God. And we, we did that for a few weeks. There were messages um, like that I, we had a Harvey preaching on the intimacy of God. Aleta spoke on overflow. I spoke on see the light. And we, on that see the light service, I remember specifically this. God said to me, bring the blind and the, 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 those who can't see well. We're going to pray for them. We're going to see miracles. And we saw miracles that day. I remember this one girl came in with these thick glasses and she couldn't see. And we prayed for her. She took them off and she could see. Praise God. So we, we've seen those miracles. On, on the 4th of February was the first time we moved into this hall. And at the same time, God spoke to me to preach a message called Sound of Unity. This was the first message preached in this hall. It's amazing to think back. It was the 4th of Feb, and God has been speaking to us about unity. Shortly after that, we started the bait of Satan in Sons of God and Daughters of God. And many of you will know that that, in a way, unleashed some very big challenges for us, but also gave opportunity for such growth and such spiritual growth and tenacity to build up in us. Then we started this incredible series called The Teacher about the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, we had these beautiful drawings done by Meneer Breabart, who's back with us. Um, this was the Teacher series. We started our first message called Hashtag Blessed, because we all hashtag blessed when we're in the kingdom. Um, and that was a powerful series. On the 28th of April, after we had a great Passover and Easter weekend, we started a series that seemed to never end from the book of Romans, a series called One Gospel, One Church. This was really, really powerful. Um, I'm not going to put up all the slides of all the titles, but I'm quickly going to run through them, and I want to remind you what you've heard and what you've been exposed to, or what you can be exposed to if you go back and listen. We, we did a message on one standard. Just quick test. Who can remember? What is the one standard from Romans? Yes. Righteousness of God. 
And the one way to the standard is the one gift, Jesus Christ. And through him we have one baptism, one spirit. We are, our lives go into one glory. We have one destiny, one love, one seed, one salvation, one election, one body, one authority, one judgment. And we end it with a message called One Mouth. That was the whole Roman series. How many of you remember that? Imagine if we all applied the book of Romans to our lives. Imagine. Then Aletta and I were in Israel in September. So we went from April to September on Romans. Then we went to Israel and um, we had Alva and Ace and Johandre Potgitter bringing awesome messages to this house. Then we, because of Heritage Day, we had a message called Heaven is My Heritage and we had a Holy Spirit healing service. And then God led us into two Corinthians that he really impressed strongly on my heart in my time in Israel. And we had a message called Eternals. We had a message called Creation, Reconciliation. A message called Set Apart, Being Set Apart for God. We read about how we get to give when we're in the kingdom of God. We learned about the importance of spiritual warfare, that we are called waging war, wielding weapons unseen. And then we celebrated our third birthday with a loud praise party, which was great. That was the 19th of November. And then we continued in 2 Corinthians talking about having undivided devotion for God and the importance of understanding and, and working on what's beneath the surface. What is beneath the surface of my life? Is it the sacred or is it the sinful? And that brought us to a special three-part Christmas series called God's Why. God's Why, which we ended on last week. How many of you have been blessed by these messages? Challenged, encouraged, changed. Anyone? Come on. We also can look back with so much thankfulness in our hearts that God had us do the real conference for men, the real conference for women, second time around. And then we also had our first youth conference, which was amazing. And then God led us and opened the door for us to host GLS Somerset West, which was a great success. It has been quite a year, and I'm not even mentioning everything. So I want to just from my side on that say a big thank you to God and a big thank you to our serving teams and everyone who's helped to make this possible. Can we please just honor God for that? Amen. There is a part of this year that I'd rather not talk about, and that is how we had some challenges, and we had some division and disunity, and it, it led to some people leaving our church, and it was hard. And, but even in that, I know that God is busy. God is working, God is leading, and He is strengthening us. And I'm excited to see that the word that we got from Wayne Hilsden, that was confirmed by Javi De Lange, that the year four of Love Key Church will be a year where we can harvest what God has been planting. Amen? Come on. All right. So, thank you, Jesus. Now, each and every one of us here today and those who are watching online or listening later, you are the fruit of something. You as a unique individual human being are the fruit of your biological parents, let's call it 
intimate efforts. You are the fruit of their intimate efforts. Whether you were made, conceived in love, hopefully, or in lust, here you are. You are the fruit of their loins. That's the fruit that, that you are on a basic physical level. So just turn to your neighbor and say, I'm fruit. <laughs> okay. You, that is your physical self, who you are, that you had, how many of you know you had nothing to do with that? It was out of your control. Amen. It was in the hand of God and in the hands of your parents. So you, <laughs> thank you, Leon. Oh, my word. You are not just your physical self, but you're also the unique the unique set of experiences that you have been through in your life. You are the sum of everything that you've experienced in life. On a macro level, everything you experience from that moment of conception until this very second right now, you've had experiences that have shaped you. On a micro level, we can look at just how you've been shaped and influenced over the last year over the last few months, hours, minutes, and the few seconds that you've been listening to me now. These experiences that we've all had, whether tragic, abusive, hurtful, or positive, encouraging, inspiring, edifying, have formed your mindset. A mindset is called that for a reason. It is something that's set in the way that you think. And it's been formed by these experiences, whether you would like to admit it or not. Everything that's happened to you has conditioned you emotionally and psychologically into what you are today. You are, therefore, also the fruit of all of these experiences technically you are not the fruit of the experiences because not in all of the experiences do you have no control once you are conscious once you have the capacity to think and react your reactions to what you go through will also have an impact on who you are today and the fruit of your life. These reactions were birthed as thoughts. Those thoughts graduated into words that you spoke or acts that you'd done or acts that you did. And whether those words or actions were good or bad, that is what came out of you. It was the fruit of you. And these words and actions birthed in you a thought life Sorry, these actions were birthed in your thought life and they had consequences. How many of you can sit here today and say that every thought that I've had that became words or actions were fantastic, good, and uplifting? Every one of them. Anyone? Thank you for your honesty. 
And some of you are living with, let's call it the hangover still of some of these choices. Others maybe are blissfully or gratefully thriving in the slipstream of some good choices or of some blessings that have come their way. These reactions, as I said, was your fruit. It was what came out of you. The physical you, the fruit of appearance, and the thought life, emotional, psychological you. Would you agree with that? All right. Another way to put it is to say that there is indeed some truth to the Lion's King, the Lion King's theme of the circle of life. I want to show you a small diagram on the screen where you can see that seed produces a tree, produces fruit, and so on and so forth. The fruit then has seed, and the seed is a tree, and, the tree, and it goes on like that. Would you agree with that? The fruit of your parents' seeds' lives produced a seed that formed you. Let's call you a tree. And you are a tree that carries certain fruit. And that fruit, again, contains seeds that will have an impact on your children, should you have children, and also those around you that you have an influence on. The question is, what kind of seeds are you sowing? You see, the seeds you sow will grow from the fruit of your life and will be determined by what kind of tree you are. Jesus said it many times himself. An apple tree can only produce apples. It cannot produce thistles or thorns or anything else. So you will be known by your fruit. You see, fruit is produce. It is a product. It has been produced. Would you agree? Fruit is the manifestation of of that which was temporarily hidden or unseen. When you look, when we look at an apple, we see a fruit. But we know from experience that on the inside, there are seeds. If you're wise, you will not see an apple. You will see an orchard of apple trees because of the potential in the seeds inside the apple. Would you agree? Amen. So, it's unseen until the time comes. What are examples of this in our lives? The, the, the fruit of being rejected in the womb. The fruit of being abused or molested or embarrassed or rejected. It's unseen for a time until some fruit appears in our lives, which shows what has happened before. In the same way, by God's grace, if we have been praised, if we have been prayed over, if we have been prophesied over, if we have been loved well, if we have been encouraged, then that fruit will also show. Amen? So if it's not obvious yet, the, I believe that the word that God has given us for 2024 is the year, is the word, <laughs> let me do that again. 
I believe the word that God has given us for the year 2024 is the word fruit. Amen. You can put that slide up, yeah. So I'm hoping that when, when you walked in here and you saw the fruit and you saw the fruit on the air, it's all going to kind of getting you ready for what God is up to. This picture, just go to the, the fruit slide again, please. And just quickly show it online as well. This is a picture that I took myself in a vineyard in just on the other side of Saints Dam. I was cycling past it for the, I was cycling for the first time in a very long time. Don't be impressed. But I was cycling <laughs> and, I, and I rode past this vineyard and I was just immediately drawn to this beautiful picture of these grapes on the vine knowing that it's on a farm where there's a farmer. And immediately I was reminded of John 15 where Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. And God the Father, the, old, the older translation says, he's the husbandman. He's the farmer. He's the one who cultivates and prunes and makes sure that it grows. And it's this beautiful picture of the Father, the Son, and us that's knitted together in this beautiful picture. So quickly to remind us, in 2022, God showed us that the word for the year is frequency. And he showed us that we need to tune into his frequency that we need to create a frequency of praise and worship and that we need to do number one and number two frequently. Now, once again, it was the word for the year, but it's a word that's a building stone, a stepping stone, a foundation stone for the rest of our lives. It was not just the, year, the word for that year. It's something that God has given us that we still need to be reminded of. That's why I am reminding you. Frequency. Then he gave us the word radiance, as I said, for this year, which is the light that shines. Now, how many of you know frequency has a sound that you can hear? Would you agree? Frequency has a sound that you can hear. Radiance is light that you can see. And fruit is produce that you can taste. Amen? So we have heard God, we have seen God, and I believe now we will taste of His goodness in a whole new profound way. Amen? Come on. How many of you are excited about that? So as, as, we've, as we've now seen, this is the word that God has for us, the word fruits, our first main message for this year as we start off this year is be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. I tried to be cool and funky by just going and X, but that's and multiply. In our study of Romans, 2 Corinthians, and especially the three-part series on God's why, we spoke a lot about the book of Genesis and the beginning. Have you picked up on that? Anyone that's been here for a few weeks will know that in the beginning has come up a lot. I believe that the Holy Spirit has prompted me to notice a profound and important connection 
between God's original command to the first Adam and his new covenant command to those who choose to follow the second Adam, Jesus Christ. So we're going to read together from the word of God. You will hear scripture that you've heard recently, but I want you to let it really speak to your spirit being. Remember, each scripture is foundational and important, and it stays foundational and important. You can never hear the word of God enough. At the beginning of this year, I did a dad's talk course, which is by The World Needs a Father. And one of the fathers that was there, we, we had these sessions every week, and I would have my Bible with me and keep sharing scriptures that align with what we're discussing. And the one night I was really going on about how important it is to spend time in the Word. And the one father looked at me kind of confused, and he said to me, but I read the Bible when I was in university. Why do I need to read it again? <laughs> and my jaw dropped. And, and I was like, I felt a bit like when you're on a GPS and you turn the wrong way and it says recalculating, recalculating. I was like, I don't understand. But then I realized that's just, that's his mind set. His mind is set to the understanding that this is how it is. I've read it, so it's done. But how many of you know the word of God itself, when you read it, you will see that it is a Live, it is alive, it is sharper than a double-edged sword cutting through bone and marrow. When you read the scripture and read it again with the leading of the Holy Spirit, you will get more and more and more revelation. It is alive and it will never die. It is our source of life, it is our source of living. We can never look at the word of God as just another book. It is the book. How many of you know it's the best-selling book of all time still today? Because it is the word of God. Come on. So we are going to read from this bestseller and hear from the author of life. Amen. Are you ready? All right. Genesis 1 from verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image. I want you to note that word. We're going to see that a lot today. God said, let's make man in our image according to our Likeness, let them have dominion. Everyone says dominion. Over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, over, the, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. This week, my wife had an encounter with a creeping thing. She did not have dominion over him. We are praying into that. We had a massive rain spider in the corner of a room. Leon is great with catching spiders. And I was trying to help him to corner it so he could catch it into a little bucky thing. Uh, bucky is a little holder. And the thing fell from the ceiling onto the back of our dog. And my, wi my wife was standing right in front of the dog and the dog started running towards my wife. So my wife started running, <laughs> yelling down the corridor. I saw that the spider fell off of the dog as he, as he left, but my wife didn't know. I was laughing so loudly, 
I struggled to get the words out. It fell off his back. You can calm down. But as, as much as he's telling the dog, stop, stop, the dog is coming. <laughs> so I just have this picture of this, of this rain spider going, yeah, go, boy. <laughs> Yeehaw. <laughs> it was hysterical. But we have been called to have dominion over the creeping things of the earth. <laughs> okay. And we did. Leon did finally catch it, and he had dominion over the creeping thing. Okay. All right. Let's get, let's, let's get back in focus. Someone needs to switch these TVs on again, please. Just press the button at the bottom. Thank you. The one here as well. Okay. So... God created man in his own image. We saw last week, and, and I think the first week we said this, God had a thought, and he did what he wanted to do. He willed it. So God created man in his own, everyone say, image. In the, everyone say, image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields, everyone say seed, seed, and every tree whose fruit yields seed. There's the word seed, there's the word tree, there's the word Fruit. You can just press the button at the bottom of the TV and it'll go on. All right. Do you see that? Seed, tree, fruit. Remember the thing I showed you. Seed, tree, fruit. We find all these words here. How many of you know that initially God decided that creation should all be vegetarian? Because he says, yeah, you will eat basically herbs and trees and leaves. And that's the same for the animals as well. All the animals were herbivores in the beginning. But that's a sermon for another day. What I want you to notice for now is that when God said he wanted to do something, he discussed it with Jesus who was there at the beginning, the Holy Spirit who was hovering over the waters, and they decided that they will make man in the image. And then he did it. And then he did three things. He said, he, he blessed them and he said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Sorry, he did two things. He blessed them and he gave them a command. Now, when God wills something, we saw from Isaiah 55, even last week, his word will not return to him void. It will accomplish what he set it out to do. You remember that? Do you believe that? All right, so keep that in mind. Now, that was Genesis 1. How many of you know that man sinned against God and it caused a rift between God and man? And God had to instigate a plan. All right, now his original plan did not change. Do you believe that? Do you think God changed his mind? No. All right, now I want to, did you notice the word image? Good. Now we're going to read from the New Testament, the New Covenant that God has with his people through Jesus Christ. Colossians 1 from verse 15. He, Jesus, is the image of the 
invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and on, on, on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things, everyone say all things, were created through him and for him. Now listen to Colossians 3, verse 8. But now you yourselves are to put off all these things. Paul is speaking to the church in Coloss, and, and he says to them, you need to get rid of certain things. There's actually something that you have to do. You put off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man. Everyone say new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the? That's sad. According to the? Yes, of him who created him. Are you starting to see it? 2 Corinthians 4, from verse three. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age is blinded, but to who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, comma, Christ, who is the? Of God. Some of you still don't get it. Hebrews 1, from verse 1. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in the past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us, how? By his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, once again referring to Christ, who being the brightness, the radiance of his glory, and the express, express of his person. How beautiful. And upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Wow. So in the beginning, God said, let us make man in our image. And then he did it. And he blessed them. And he said, be fruitful and multiply. Then we messed up. We disobeyed. And then God sent his son. And through his son, who is the image of God. So how many of you know when we sinned, we lost something of the original plan. We lost something of the pure image of God. Our image was tainted by sin. And only Jesus, who is sinless, who is without sin, is, who is the image of God, came to restore. Can you see that? Woo. Man, I wish you guys can be in my mind. Just for this, not for anything else, but this. Because the way I'm seeing it is so exciting. Ephesians 4. Now, I want to read Ephesians 4. You've heard this many times. You've heard it from me many times. This is such an important thing because this is Paul explaining to the church in Ephesus how church should work and what the point of church is. Now keep in mind, we were made in the image of God. We lost something about that through sin. Jesus is the express image of God. He came and then through him, we can regain what we've lost. Are we in agreement? Now let's read Ephesians 4 from verse 11 together. And he himself, Jesus... 
gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. The fivefold ministry. Have you heard of this? Those of you who are parents who ignore the law still apply the fivefold ministry in another way. This is the biblical fivefold ministry, all right? For the edifying, it says, what is the goal of these people, these roles? For the equipping of the saints for what? The work of ministry. Oh, that's interesting. So the pastor, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher is there to equip. Who? Other pastors, evangelists? No. You. For what? Everyone say work. Woo. It's like saying Mufasa. Everyone say work. Of ministry. What? Revelation. You have work to do for ministry. That is ministry. We have made up this term called full-time ministry. And it refers to people like me who've laid down their lives to be a pastor of a church. But actually when you die in Christ and come alive in Christ, you are in full-time ministry as well. Did you know that? And I'm here to equip you to do that. I'm one of the five. Do you see that? It's there for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we, so, until we all come to the unity of the faith. So, the fivefold is there to do something for a time because it says till. So there's a time that this has to happen and then something comes from the fruit of that labor. Listen to the fruit. Till we all come, all of us, to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. To a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But this is how we should be, speaking the truth in love, that we may grow up. Some Christians need to grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. You are called for the work of ministry because you are a joint with something special and unique to supply. Do you see that? according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causing, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Do you see the circle of life in the body of Christ? Come on, it's powerful. All right. So we've seen from, Gen thank you, praise God. So we've seen from Genesis, we've seen from New Testament, this thing about the image of God. Okay, now, God's original plan, as we saw recently, his why, was about sharing his creation, his love, and his glory with mankind. That was his why. God specifically chose to create humans in his image according to his likeness. He could have chosen to do something else, but he caused them to be like him. How many of you know that the Bible says God is not seen? What does that mean? God is spirit. So if we are created in his 
likeness and image, what is it referring to mainly? Our spirit being. Amen? Are you with me? Okay. And then he commanded them, he blessed them and commanded them, be fruitful and multiply. What does this mean? It means that God told them to be full of fruit, be full of fruit, and become exponentially more. Be full of fruit and become more. This would imply something very important, that God created them with the ability to be fruitful and multiply. That's logical, but have you ever realized that? That Imagine God made them and they couldn't be fruitful and multiplied and he said, be fruitful and multiply. And they go, how are we going to do that? He gave them the innate ability to do that. Amen? Are you following? Does this make sense? I'm so excited about this. It's not something that they had to figure out by themselves. They didn't have to create it. No, it was already part of who they were. Adam quickly figured out that when he's near this woman, things happen. Yeah? They already had the capacity and fruitfulness for, uh, sorry, capacity for fruitfulness and for multiplication. It was there. It was unseen seeds inside the fruit that God created. Can you see that? Okay. Now God's original plan was for man and woman to live forever with Him in a beautiful, intimate relationship while birthing more and more people who could also be in relationship with God. They have the image of God, the likeness of God, and they were to make more like them so that God can have more relationships with more people made in His image and likeness. Are we in agreement? Then disobedience happened and a great divide disrupted the holy communion man had with his creator. And when God cursed them, he specifically cursed child labor. Did you notice that in the story of Genesis? And he spoke specifically to the seed of the woman, capital S, who's Jesus to come. And he spoke to the seed of the serpent. So, originally, this is just a side note, ladies. Originally, labor was not going to be painful. Did you know that? Otherwise, God wouldn't have needed to say, it's going to be painful. Everything changed when Adam ate the fruit and of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. How did it happen? When we read the account, we see that instead of focusing on doing what God commanded them to do. They were supposed to get busy being fruitful and multiplying. That's what he said. Be fruitful and multiply. Somehow, they had time to sit around and be tempted and not be together because it says the serpent came to the woman. It doesn't say the man was there or near earshot that he could hear what was going on. Imagine that they were busy with what God had told them to do. There would have been no way for them to be distracted by temptation. There's another good example in the Word of God for this principle. It's from the story of David. 
Just before we read about him committing adultery with Bathsheba, it says that in the time when kings went to war, David stayed behind. He was not where he was supposed to be doing what he was supposed to do. And then he was tempted and he fell. This is something we see in that story as well. For them to have been fruitful and multiplied, they needed to be together. The temptation to have, for the temptation to have happened when Adam was not with the woman, they had to be separate. Would you agree? So that also shows us there's power in unity. And it also shows us that the enemy will not try to come to you if you are covered, if you are together, if you are where you're supposed to be. Or he will come to you less or it'll be more obvious to you. But if you are alone, isolated, without your covering, she was without the man in her life. She was vulnerable and isolated. What is the lesson? When you're not busy with God's command, you're open to temptation. That's something that we can take from the story today. So, the ones created in God's image called to be fruitful and multiply so that there would be more imagers. That's, that's a word that I know it sounds a little weird on the ear, but we are imagers of God. They were called to make more. Now they sinned and put a delay on God's plan, but God's plan didn't change. His intention is still for mankind to be his image bearers and to be fruitful and multiply. Did you notice all the scriptures that refer to how Jesus is the image of God? Did you see that? He is the image of God on earth. And do you know that in the New Testament covenant, the opportunity is given both to Jews and Gentiles to accept Jesus Christ, the one who is the express image of God as the reconciliator, uniting them back to the Father. That opportunity is available for both Jews and Gentiles. And through spiritual rebirth in Jesus Christ, we can be restored to what we were made to be originally, image bearers of Christ made in his likeness. Through Jesus Christ, we can become holy. We can become blameless imagers of God, thereby get back on track with the original creation design and purpose of being fruitful and multiplying. So what does being fruitful and multiply look to us? What does it look like? First and foremost, I believe very simply and logically, it means we need to be fruitful and multiply. Get married and get busy making babies. Really, that's what God wants. What is one of the biggest things that's happening in our world right now? Babies are being aborted. Families are not the way God intended for them to be more and more. Marriage is laughingstock. It has been completely dismantled in the world from what it was supposed to be. And we have new definitions coming in of marriage and family. It is now being written into law even in our own country. They are completely changing the meaning of the word marriage and the meaning of the word family. 
And what is happening is that we're seeing a, a tendency, especially in the Western world, where people want to have less and less children. There's even now a thing among a young generation where they convince each other it's better to not have children because you have more free time, more money, and more, you can do more of what you want to do. It sounds like a great idea because what? It speaks to your flesh and your selfishness. What you want, what you can do if you don't have kids. But what is it doing? It's killing God's original plan in your life. It is killing the idea that you are to be fruitful and multiply. But what is, we, we read that earlier, minds have been blinded by the enemy. And people are buying these horrible lies that are being sold by mass media and by social media. And they are being bombarded with this daily. So they start believing, oh, maybe it's better not to get married, not to have children. Or they start believing that marriage can be anything. It's not what God said between one man and one woman. It's whatever I want. Or they believe that my family can be whatever I think it can be. So we've taken the word marriage, we've taken the word family, we've hollowed it out and given it new meanings. This is not God's original plan. First and foremost, if it's God's will for your life to be fruitful and multiply, marry and have children. Why? Because you have the unique opportunity to train up those children in the ways of God. You have the unique opportunity to disciple them according to the word of God, to love Jesus, to have a relationship with him. There's very few things in life that gave me more pleasure than to lead my own children to Christ and to baptize them. It was one of the highest honors of my life. That is why we exist. Amen? Secondly, we as I said to you in the beginning, we are all fruit of the physical us, but we're also fruit of the things that have happened to us, which have caused us to be a certain way, emotionally, psychologically, and in terms of our mindsets. But by the power of Jesus and the leading of the Holy Spirit, you and I can, through Him, be healed of all emotional baggage, all psychological hurts, and all wrong mindsets and strongholds. In Jesus, we can be set free from the fruit that we carry right now before Christ. We can be freed from that. Amen? Come on. And that is what is so powerful. You do not have to stay where you are. You are not the victim of your circumstances and the sum of your life experiences. You are a victor in Christ Jesus should you bow the knee to him and say, you are my Lord and my Savior. And then he can make all things new. All things in your life can be made new by Jesus Christ. And then he completely comes and changes the kind of tree that you were up until the point that you were born again. You were one tree with one kind of fruit. And he comes and says, nope, let's take that out. Let's, let's go, and, go and supplant it in the vine of Jesus Christ so that you can be fed by kingdom principles and love and grace and all these beautiful things so that the fruit of your life, the seed that sprouts from your life will then also create the same kind of fruit in others. Amen? Can someone get excited about this? This is huge. So 
When we come to Christ, when we step into this opportunity to be like Jesus, who is like the Father, we step into a spiritual resurrection. That is the new creation we become. What what does Jesus do? He is the way, the truth, and the life for us to become back into line as image bearers of Christ in our spirit man. How many of you know that when you came to Christ, your face and your body didn't change? Not immediately. Some people who come from a very dark and difficult background, I have seen them when they come to Christ, their physical features actually change. Their eyes become more lighter. Even there, when they had gaunt hardness of face, that would change. But essentially, they look the same physically. Amen? But what has happened on the inside is a whole different story. Your whole spirit is new. Come on. Ah! And from that new spirit, man, you should have seed and fruit sprouting that will change other people's lives. Amen? Come on. That is why we are here. So God's plan has not changed. There is an image of God lying dormant in each person on earth. And it has to be ignited, jump-started, brought to life, made a new creation when that person encounters Jesus Christ. We are, to create, we are to multiply children and multiply other people as image bearers of Christ. So we make our own disciples physically, but we also make disciples by reaching out and sharing what Jesus has done for us with others and bringing them into this kingdom of God so that their spirits can be made new, so that their inside image can become aligned with Christ and Father God so that they can be reconciled, so that they live from I'm in the image of God. Amen? Come on. This is powerful. Maybe all of you knew this already, so just act like this is revelation, because for me, this is such a great revelation, that God's plan has not changed. His plan has not changed. He, he wants to bless you, and He wants you to be fruitful and multiply. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Key Church Podcast message of the week. I trust that you had a life-changing encounter with God that will help you to align with His purposes so that you can be one step closer to reigning in life. And may you be inspired to share this with others. Have a great week and remember to listen again next week or you can catch us live online or come visit us in person. May God bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you and your loved ones. God bless you. Bye-bye.